Clear for takeoff. Runway 28 left. Fly runway heading. Welcome to another brand new episode of Living in Flight, your go-to podcast for everything in the world of aviation. Exclusive interview conversations with industry professionals and enthusiasts. Strap on your seatbelt, put on your headset, and get ready for Living in Flight. Hi, I'm Lauren Miller, and I am a first officer over at Executive Aviation, flying for Aviation Charter. We have um, King Airs on the line, so I'm a first officer for King Airs. I am from Hastings, Minnesota, so it's a 45-minute drive from here, so nice. east of the city. Talk a little bit how, about how you got into aviation. Well, that is a kind of a long story, I guess. We got, but... we got, we got as much time <laughs> as you want. <laughs> uh, well, I did not have the aviation bug as a kid, but both my parents are in aviation, so it's kind of been always in my life. But I kind of was the classic kid that wanted to not have anything to do with their parents' careers. Are they pilots? Um, so my dad is a pilot, and then my mom's a flight attendant. Oh, nice. Cute little love story. Yeah. Um, we'll have to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> but so I went to school out in California and had nothing to do with aviation or anything. And I got my private pilot the summer going into my sophomore year of college. So back in 2018, I got my private license. And I was like, "Ooh, this is so fun. Where'd you do your training? Uh, I did my training out of AirTrack North. Okay. So at the time it was over... Um, at Lakeville, down at Air Lake or mm-hmm. Scare Lake, I've yeah, heard Scare Lake. people call it. <laughs> yeah. um, but now it's moved over to Fleming and South St. Paul. Nice. So I did all my ratings there, Part 61, and then I did um, all the way up to my CFII out of there too. Nice. So why did you go to school in California? Uh, <laughs> California the best. <laughs> yeah. Drew left California to go to school in the Midwest, right. and you went from the Midwest to California. Yes, but I'm back now. Yeah. But, um, well, I could wear flip-flops in February, and that was kind That's of fun. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, but I went to Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, okay. so it was absolutely beautiful. There's eight minutes from the beach. The downtown life is amazing. Slow. 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 And I hope someday to maybe get a trip into there. That would be so cool. That'd be super cool. Um, SkyWest flies in there, right? SkyWest does. That's where they have the really nice overnight, the cliffs. Yeah, it's a super nice hotel. Everybody's talked about it. It is so cool. That'd be awesome. But like wine country for days. So I went to school like after I was 21, going to visit the wineries in the Edna Valley area. Um, But my brother was also out there. So I have a my brother's oh, nice. two years older than me, and yeah. I kind of followed him. Nice. But we grew up kind of in the airline world, so we were like non-revving everywhere, which is an amazing perk that my brother and I could grow up with. And it kind of pushed us to be a little bit more independent and kind of cool. get out and see a different part of the country, Yeah, which was college was a perfect time to do that. So I spent four years out there and had a blast. What did you go to school for? Uh, my degree is industrial technology and packaging. So it's like business engineering, process improvements. Yeah. Um, is that would that is that in like the business school or the engineering school? Um, both. You take classes in both. Both. Okay. It's yeah. it's a really interesting degree. So I actually started out as business, and needed a little bit more work with my hands. Okay. So I kind of found a degree that was like a mix of both engineering and business that could give me a really versatile background. So it it was perfect. And then I did a lot of student teaching. While I was at Cal Poly, so a couple of different classes that kind of just taught alongside the teacher and or professor. Um, teacher, professor. Title. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then I was 
that was a big part of why I wanted to get my CFI when I started flying because I loved that environment. Yeah. But yeah. That's cool. I uh, I went to school for supply chain. Oh, so really? It's like similar, yeah, but it's... not minus the engineering because I'm terrible at but math. But like very, so, very similar. Yeah. So, so like we did I a lot of that. Like the process improvement side of things. Yeah. And like, I but... love that kind of stuff. And even like, have you ever been to Blaze Pizza? Mm-hmm. So like, you know, a simple process of making a pizza. Mm-hmm. I one of my favorite projects I did in school was fixing that process because four blaze four blaze oh that's cool and it was it's very very simple like making sure they have the right color labels for the sauces and it was just yeah. like very simple yeah so I am trained process yeah. improvement oh, like a yellow belt and then a black belt <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Belt. Yeah. Oh, yeah yeah we used to <laughs> We used to see those people all the time. And that was like all in, I that did. Would be their so flex. you don't you don't like that vibe, or you got two of them, two people <laughs> yeah. in there right here, <laughs> no. which is honestly surprising to see yeah. two people in the same room. It yeah. was more so that like they were very caught up in that. Mm-hmm. So we were doing like SAP implementations. Oh yeah, that's and funny. there was this like group of people that was all obsessed with that when there was just kind of like other things like to focus hard on <laughs> or like people's jobs didn't matter anymore and stuff like that sure. and like, but then they'd want to create all these like flow things and whatnot and i don't positive. know there was like a it was like the hard reality versus this like kind of feel good i, I used to think that was like kind of a feel good sciencey like mm-hmm. fake thing that yeah. was my that's my hot take for this podcast and it's not even about aviation hey, yeah it's all right <laughs> i know <laughs> But, but back to the flying. So do you use Lean Six Sigma very much in the cockpit? <laughs> um, not really. <laughs> but sometimes, like I can see like around just as far as um, like scheduling flights and stuff. Um, Process improvement. Pro- some pro- some things could be improved yes. at executive <laughs> that kind of grind my gears a little bit. It won't change so no matter where you the, go. The best yeah. part yeah. of so, sitting reserve is like you see like, oh, if they would just award X, Y, and Z to A, B, and C. Yeah. Yeah. But. Yeah. It is yeah. like I could get a whole new job just to like fix this process. Mm-hmm. But um so it's definitely a passion I have now, but yeah. not something I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Did you do it at all professionally? Um I was after I graduated, I was a sales engineer for a data specification management company called Specrate. Okay. Which is actually based um in San Diego nice. area or yeah. like um SoCal area. Yeah. Um and it, it wasn't so much along the lines of process improvements, but more of like the sales engineering side mm-hmm. so kind of but not so much um it kind of supported my flight ratings is, okay i was wondering if that's what drove <laughs> you to go to flight school or what yeah if it was yeah it kind of it was really enjoyable but i was like i want my office to be yeah. in the sky at in the flight levels so yeah. um i kind of ran from the flight bug and then um because my parents were in it and then i kind of slowly found my own way back to it which is really nice because I, i'm doing it because i love it not because my parents do it was it pushed upon you as a kid at all or no like no. were your parents very mm-hmm. cool with you like doing your own thing and and not following their footsteps at all yeah so both both of my parents were super supportive and whatever i wanted to do my brother's a biomedical engineer so he oh nice yeah he's, he's not, not in, it. in aviation at all and they you know they support they really tried to support us getting our private's license, and um, they were like, just try it. You might like it, and if it's not for you, that's okay. It could be a hobby someday. Um, and so I got the license, and I was like, this is so cool. I can't wait for this to be my hobby because I really wanted to continue my degree because I loved what I was doing and um, at school. But then I was like, mm, 
I had an internship going into my senior year that I did enjoy for what it was, but another reason why I was like, I don't want to do this the rest yeah, of my life. Yeah. So, and I just, you you know, the non-rep benefits, I just can't live without them. I just can't. Yeah. I don't, I've tried. I like turned 24 and then you're who like. Did your, who does your parents work for? Uh, my, both my parents were Old Northwest. Oh, okay. And then Delta. Nice. And then my. So- Good yeah, yeah. So very good benefits. <laughs> yeah. My, both yeah. of their seniorities were great. So like yeah. we could, you know, we had twelve S twos because they were both flying, and yeah. it was amazing rather than just six. And so you know, we got we got to travel the world at such a young age. That's and awesome. I want to, you know, bring that forward to hopefully a family someday. And I want to kind of live my life that way because it just brings a lot of, you know, character building and all that kind of stuff. So. I agree. I don't really remember the question. No, no, that's that's good. <laughs> Being a flight instructor also does a lot of character building. Oh, yeah, it does. In a very different way. In a very different, <laughs> very way. different yes. way. Makes you fear for your life every yeah. day. What's, what's one of your favorite countries that you visited in all of your travels? Oh, that's a very hard question. Um, or just a couple, rattle them off. I loved Australia. Okay. I would go back there in a heartbeat. Yeah, it's on my list. I've never been. But I have a soft spot for Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, just I studied abroad there, and I just Where loved at? it. Scotland. Oh, that's kind of unique. Yeah, people doing that. <laughs> so I'm a, I'm a big golfer, so I actually studied at St Andrews, oh, and nice. I was able to play the old course yeah. and all the courses now you're speaking around Drew's there. Language. And... <laughs> he's moved past the Lean yeah. Six Sigma, and he's on the golf train. <laughs> so that was. You're not as bad as I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That was absolutely. That's you know, awesome. maybe something yeah. I'll never get to do ever yeah. again. So it was super yeah. cool to be able to go to St. Andrews as a student and, you know, go to school with the princess and princesses and that's, cause that's where like they go. So it was really fun. So that's awesome. definitely have a soft spot for the UK, but otherwise, oh, there's so many. Have you done any like Asia or Southeast Asia? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hong Kong was super fun. That sounds cool. Um, or I know that's cool. Thailand, so we did yeah. Bangkok, mm-hmm. and that was really cool. Got to ride a tuk-tuk. Yeah. <laughs> but the jet lag on that trip was kind of hard to get over. <laughs> yeah, that's a it's a big time change. But, yeah, every spring break, my parents kind of took my brother and I to, like, Brazil Let's or- Try and go somewhere. Yeah, whereas my friends would be like, we're going to Florida. I'm like, ah, I want to go to Florida, but you can't get to Florida on yeah, right. yeah, it's so like, I think yeah. that's the really funny thing about, like, flight benefits is how impractical they are though yeah because it's like if you want to go to international falls or like you want <laughs> you to go can't. to somewhere like undesirable or if you want to go to somewhere extremely amazing yeah mm-hmm. but like oh i want to go see my parents in la <laughs> it's like you can't no nobody chance. can get no to chance. la yeah. everything's always yeah you can't get it's there. like where you need to go somewhere practical yeah you can't get yeah there. yeah so there are some places that like everybody's been that i've never been because we would just go ra- random places yeah so it's I Definitely think that's like privilege. every kid's dream. It's yeah. Like, or most kids' dreams. Maybe yeah. not Drew's it dream. It wasn't my dream. <laughs> Did you but do a lot of non-drift travel? No. No. Mm-hmm. No. I. So my mom was a flight attendant for Sun Country. Oh, okay. But only for a very short time. She was in aviation when I was, before I was born and then mm-hmm. got out of it and then got back into it. Um, but she only did it for like a year and a half. And, and this was when I was like a sophomore in high school, sophomore, junior in high school. And we thought we were going to use the, you know, we flew on Sun Country when we'd go visit family and stuff and and whatever, but we thought we were going to use the benefits a lot more than we did. And we never, we never used them once, I don't think. Yeah. But it was tough because I, we lived like three hours, just over three hours away from 
the oh, wow. MSP airport. So it wasn't like that's a hike. Yeah, it was a little more planning required. Mm-hmm. It's like if you miss a flight, you didn't really want to just like call it. So I don't know. We, we never really travel much in my family. We're just we're golfers. Yeah, yeah. So, like, that was <laughs> that was what you. That's like do. all we do yeah. as a family is <laughs> is golf. It's like very competitive. I told my yeah. wife like if you want to hang, you got to learn. Yeah. It's just like what it takes to be in my family. Yeah, I noticed the foot joy. Yeah. Representing. Yeah, that's, yes. that's huge. He just got that stuff and he's so stoked about I it. I am. I'm really happy about it. Thank you, man. Thank you for pointing that to everybody. That, You're welcome. Uh, yeah, it looks great. But no, we didn't. And we did a lot of like road trips. That was our travel. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, we, we were on the airplane. You know, we flew around a bit, but not that much. But we did we did a lot of road trips. So, but a lot of my traveling came in college and after mm-hmm. that. But that's cool. So what brought you, why didn't you do your training out in, or your private out in Yeah, have California? you flown out in Southern California and not. then compared oh, it to flying out yeah. here? I would love to, but it I have not. It is unbelievable. Yeah. Because you did time building I did. There. So yeah, so after I got my instrument rating, I thought I was like the coolest guy on earth because I had like 135 <laughs> hours in an instrument rating. And I was like, I'm going to go to California and just like dive straight in. And it was and you did. super challenging. Oh, I'm sure. It was like constant. It was like you're Air on like space. airways at like 10,000 feet in your 172. Were you by yourself? By yourself. Yeah. Yeah, in your 172. Like in a 172. Oh and gosh. they're just like every every control. You like couldn't keep up with it. They're yelling at you. I'm I'm messing up left and right. It was humbling. Sounds <laughs> it was very humbling. humbling. And then you come back here. And I remember like my first flight back as time building with someone. They're like, let's fly IFR to St. Cloud. I'm like, no. We're going to fly as low as we can. And we're not going to talk to a single person until we're required to. Like I'm enjoying the like peace anti, and quiet. It's like, like anti authority at its finest came out when I was done with that. It was really difficult. But it's beautiful. Oh, it's awesome. It's so nice. I mean, I haven't done any. Like flying G- into cars. Uh, no, I flew into San Luis Obispo. Oh, yeah. I did, I a, I did a trip up to so San Luis Obispo. It was actually really stressful because oh. I didn't know that the G1000 I was in wasn't WAS. It was oh. like, a, oh, yeah. they changed the plane on me right at the last second. They're like, take this one. And I didn't know it wasn't WAS. I kind of launched without knowing. Mm-hmm. And I got up there and I was like setting up for like an LPV because the weather was actually terrible. And then like I turned fine. There's like no glide slope. Nice. I was like, oh, learning. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, fun. So, on the fly. <laughs> literally. But it's super cool up there. Yeah. I def- It's definitely on my list of things to do, to fly like GA up there. Yeah. And I mean, like you said, it would probably be very humbling because- I mean, Minneapolis is so nice Yeah, <laughs> from what I've seen so far. I have a cousin. He was flight instructing out of Van Nuys in LA. Oh, wow. And we, my wife and I went up and went for just a little, whatever, flight around the city and stuff. Wanted to see LA and go over the coast and all this stuff. And, you know, he had been doing it. And I, at the time, I had like, I don't know, over a thousand hours. So, like, I I was like, I'm comfortable in airplanes. Like, I can figure this stuff out. <laughs> no. No. And he's like, he's like, oh, do you want to, do you want to do anything? I'm like, no, you know, I'll just watch you do it. And I was like, I, I can land or whatever, like, whatever one you want. But I was like, nah, you can do it. And thank God I just let him do everything. Cause I mean, like, there's Jeez. so many little things that they, you talk to every tower. Yes. There's you talk, so much. You know, out cause there. they do the sightseeing so yeah. much. And it's, it's literally like, it's it's probably all scripted out somewhere if you look for it. Hmm. But I mean, he knew everything. He had the next frequency in, different approaches, different, all this stuff. And I'm like, holy smokes, I have no Jeez. idea what's going on. I had a former student by a Seneca out there. And he like hangered it at Santa Monica. And we went Santa Monica 
Catalina Big Bear, yeah. Carlsbad and back. And that was an unreal day. But he wow. was like, I hadn't flown with him in, in a few months because he moved. And when I saw him again, he was such a sharper pilot, like from just four months of flying out there because yeah. of how on your game you have it, to be. It forces oh you to gosh. be. So I can't imagine being like a, you know, we'll we'll get to that point too, talking about it, but like being CFIs and like oh. sending a kid out there to, oh, to, to do their first solo, what? right? Like it just gives <laughs> you, you don't even want to do I it here. I would just be like, I'm know? not soloing anybody. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you, you have to and they have to do. endorsements. You got to get yeah. them comfortable going through those wow. like corridors, corridors and stuff. And oh, whatever. Oh. I yeah. Like I've never done that. I've never gone yeah. through a corridor or like. It's cool. Isn't there, there's one in Chicago, right? Is that the closest one? I don't us? think it's a corridor as much as it is a below the Bravo kind of thing. And there's like a VFR in, yeah, route. There's a, it's oh, a VFR like a flyway. flyway. Yeah. Oh, okay. But you're not allowed to use it if there's like a TFR yeah, for because the it go, stadium yeah, there. Yeah, because it goes something like, like that. just over. Because be cool. it goes outside like the, the 3,000 foot shelf or something there. Although I heard uh, they're expanding the Charlie at Midway. I did, I saw yeah. this thing. Really? Yeah, so yeah. they were talking about, I saw that EAA posted it mm-hmm. because if you're flying to Oshkosh from that direction and you're used to transitioning because it's super cool have you ever flown along the coast of like or the shore of chicago right there uh like along the skyline it's super cool i'm you know doing it in a ga airplane at you know two thousand feet is fun yeah like i know that people when they go to oshkosh they go they cut the corner and go right there but yeah they were saying like watch out because midway's making this change or whatever they're doing i didn't look into it yet so don't take my word for it but i loved going into midway though it's it's a fun cool. It yeah. is fun. I've been in there like a handful of times in the King Air and it's busy. Yeah. We, we oh, actually, they're super busy there. We actually yeah. have to like do an arrival. And Oof. I'm like, whoa. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I mean, coming into Minneapolis, you're just like, arrival. all right, going to Rixie. Then you're like off the arrival. Yeah. So it's like you don't really do arrivals coming in here. Yeah. So it's kind of been my first experience with them. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so many altitudes. There's so many people. I'm like... There's like the that fix that's like plane. ugly out there or something. I think if you come in from, <laughs> yeah. the, from the West, the fix is like, it's like, I'm trying to remember what that arrival is called. It's the paying, I think. I don't know. Or something like that. But you, you, there's this fix called ugly. I remember mm-hmm. that every time. Mm-hmm. They're like, proceed direct ugly. You're like, all right. It's resonated with you. It resonated with me. <laughs> <laughs> so I think back to the original question, what, why didn't you end up doing it? Were you working out in Southern California or were you working remotely? I was remote. So I was working here. Okay. That explains it. Um, but I didn't fly out there just because of money. Yeah. It was so expensive. Yeah. And I was like really gun ho on my degree yeah. and like trying to find internships and jobs from that. And I was like, kind of put the flying on hold after I got my private. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Wasn't current for a while and came home after... I graduated, which was COVID, graduated in 2020, spring of 2020. We were on the quarter system. Okay. So like summer would be fourth quarter. So yeah. graduated in June of 2020 when like, you know, the world shut down. Yeah, and it was like nothing going on. <laughs> nothing was really going on. And I'm like, that my senior year, I kind of decided I was like, I want to fly. And it just didn't really make sense to do it while I was still, you know, a full-time student working part-time. It was just kind of hard to do it all yeah so i kind of you know wanted to finish my degree and was super happy about everything that was going on there and enjoying school and moved home after covid or during covid and got a job working at signature flight support out of st paul working on the ramp um uh csr so i was at the desk okay so it was 
I'm charging sixty dollars to park a Cessna outside. <laughs> Not always. I was usually really nice. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we ended up there. Yeah, we ended up at Signature in St. Paul that one night. But yeah, they didn't charge us. They were nice. They understood the situation. Yeah, good. <laughs> it was like a thunderstorm right over Flying Cloud, <laughs> and we're like, we can't go there. We can't go there. <laughs> and we're like, we're just gonna sit here and wait. It's gonna pass in like twenty minutes, and it did. Oh, good. Took but, about an hour and a half, probably. Yeah, maybe. It was a yeah, it wasn't long too bad. Day. But it was when we were coming back from Oshkosh. Oh, wow. So we flew to Oshkosh oh. in the morning, did the air show all day, and then flew back. And we're like... Racing this storm. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know a ton of people that were driving during that storm. That storm was so bad. It was a total uh, you guys get their itis so, situation. You guys it were was, so we close. We were just merely being good airline pilots. No, we were eventually. And seeing what it was like. Yeah. And we wanted to... We were going to continue. Yes. And then we called tower and we're like how far away is that lightning strike and they're like i don't know like eight or ten miles or something perfect that's just and we're like okay let's yeah like you said perfect (laughs) and then like two seconds later another one hit and we're like how far was that when he goes that was right on the field (laughs) and we're like all right we're gonna we're gonna turn and go yeah we literally did a good decision steep turn and went right into saint paul but yeah it's funny but okay so when did you decide to train seriously like what was the experience Mm. that inspired that i guess my internship going into senior year so i worked out in the bay area so i was there for a summer at a company called google never heard of them (laughs) (laughs) what do they do (laughs) uh, just a small company nothing nothing super startup yeah (laughs) um not a ton of people that worked there or anything but and it, it was incredible i loved it but i i was like this is not how i see my you know my life going and i was like you know what i'm gonna fly planes so i finished my internship and it was great and then i went back to school and i i looked into the reserves a little bit because my dad was old air force i'm like maybe that's something i want to do because that would be really cool um kind of learned it wasn't for me and kind of you know post post college and everything and um finished my degree and just kind of talked to a lot of people. I was like, what's the best way to do this? Should I go to ATP? Should I do a local flight school? Like, I already have a degree. I don't really want to go to, you know, UND or Mankato. It doesn't really make sense for me to go back and get another degree. Right. Um, and I kind of thought with, you know, my background, it might add a little bit of, you know, maybe I can offer something different to the table than someone that has an aviation background, mm-hmm. which who knows if that's true. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I kind of just asked around a lot of people and my parents, you know, kind of supported. They're like, well, if you want to fly, like it's cheapest to do it here in Minnesota. So I moved home mm-hmm. um, and then didn't do anything during COVID summer okay. here and started my instrument training in October of 2020. Nice. So kind of started working at Signature, started my instrument training um, out of AirTrack because it was it was close to me. It was like 20, 25 minutes from my house. Yeah, that makes sense. 79 so, Golf Golf or whatever the, you guys have, there was like that one yep. 72 there that it's always shooting approaches. It's like 739 Golf Golf was yep. a nice one. Mm-hmm. It's getting new upholstery right now, I guess. Oh. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so then I started hitting the training pretty hard. So I was working at Signature part-time um supporting the the flying there and that was an incredible experience i loved working at signature 
um, just being able to talk to pilots coming in. You know, I'd have all of my study materials, like a stack of books, like they'd see my logbook. They'd be like, they'd get all excited that the person working the front desk was in flight training. And, and it was a great spot for me to ask like what, what they did, how they got through their training. And I'm sure you guys know pilots love to talk about themselves and how they got where they got. So, um, I know we're all guilty of it because it, I mean, it's really cool what we do. And so I, I learned a lot about, you know, general aviation, corporate aviation, private flying, which I had no idea was so big. Because yeah. up until that point, my world was what my parents knew and the airline world, the airline world. And I was like, the airline world is like all aviation, um, but it's actually a lot smaller than I thought yeah. compared to everything else. So it was a very great experience there. So I, I still, you know, kind of hang out over there sometimes, go say hi to my coworkers because they gave me so much. And that's how I got my current job now, just building connections. Oh, really? I was, I was wondering mm-hmm. how you got to. So, because I knew like every pilot that would come in to St. Paul from executive, because we were always picking up doctors or coordinators out of there yeah, um, from regions and, you know, always talking to the pilots. And they'd be like, how many hours do you have? Where are you at in your training? So it was always really fun. To, they would always check in with me and kind of a big family, which is really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Did you meet anybody cool over there? Hmm. anybody famous come through those doors signature? yes i don't know if i'm allowed to say okay well cool <laughs> bummer <laughs> i know i don't know if i should say but i'm gonna say anyways um josh dumal he's an actor out of he lives in bar i'm from north dakota so. i've heard the name i'm gonna, I'm gonna he's I'm a gonna very use, famous uh, actor bing. i'm gonna bing him instead recently got married instead of google so um, did you do all of your training there, Josh, including what? multi and whatnot? Yep. So AirTrack has, they have a Baron there too. So I did not do my multi-engine instructor, so I didn't teach. So I don't have my MEI, uh, but just the CFI, CFAA. How many check rides did you do with Brian Addis? <laughs> it's a great question. Um, I did my private, my instrument. Here we go. The CFI. And then CFI instrument. Yep, that's him. He's from Minot, North Dakota. Yes. Why not Minot? Oh, he was married to Fergie. Yes. So that was like okay. a fangirl moment when he walked yeah, through the door. Funny. Don't worry, I played it cool. Did you, you know. pull out your logbook and show him that you were a pilot? <laughs> no, he's actually much taller in person than I was expecting. Hmm. But cool. well, cool. Um, yeah, there's a couple other people that come in, but that was one of my most memorable ones because it's josh jamal yeah yeah (laughs) but so how long did it take you to complete all your training that's a good question okay so i started october 2020 for the instrument yeah let's skip private because well yeah yeah. that was a while how long did you do your private like how fast Uh, i did it in a summer so so from three four months june to when i went back to school in september yeah actually so well yeah that's that's pretty good if you're doing it like pretty quick yeah, and then the day after I got my private side note, day after day after I got my private, Cal Poly was playing NDSU in football. So mm-hmm. I took my parents up to NDSU for the football game, and we got crushed. But the day after that, then I went abroad. So it was like I had three days of like I have to get my check right in. Yeah, we're going up to watch a football game, and then I went You're to Scotland. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so it was kind of yeah. kind of crazy. But well, you're lucky you had good weather. Yeah, I know. 
hopefully we can get some better weather here for everybody training to get through. But brutal for them. So yes, I did my instrument October of 2020. Check ride was March of 2021. Then I went into the commercial. I did that with Paul Shevland. Um, he is with UPS. Yeah, yeah. I've had. Uh, he's on a Mankato, right? Yeah. Yeah, I had mm-hmm. one student do a couple check rides with him. Yeah, and then so that that went well. So that was the only check ride I did not do with Brian Addis because Brian told me when I got my private with them, he said, "Now, I can't do every single one of your check rides. You need to have another DPE in your logbook." Yeah. So that was that. I don't yeah, know how he's big on that rule. If that's true, but no, he's his whole <laughs> it's thing his is rule. that I his rule it... is that it's like one day you're going to go to the airlines, and if something goes wrong, they're going to look at every single thing you've ever done, mm-hmm. and he doesn't want to be the only person that ever had eyes on you while you're flying. Yeah. So Which his general smart. rule, I think was, it's good. His general yeah. rule was three. Like he offered me a fourth, but he was like selective about that. Mm-hmm. I had one guy twice, but other than that, I had different people for every check ride. I've actually been meaning to text him about coming in here. He moved back to Eden Prairie. He'd be a mm. great person to yeah. have on here. He'd be a lot of fun. Totally. The amount of dreams he's broken, though, in this room. <laughs> inspiring <laughs> CFIs, though. Is- oh, yeah. <laughs> tough. That tough. is tough. <laughs> um, commercial was like mm, August of 2021. And then- Did you build your time from instrument to commercial doing anything cool? A freshly minted instrument rated. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Um, kind of flying with people. I did some safety pilot time. Sure. Um, but not a whole lot. Um, some of my funner trips happened like post CFI. Yeah. Which was, we can talk about. Um, yeah, because you guys just did one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But. And then um, I did my CFI January of 2022. Double I was, or then it was multi-engine in March. Double I was in April. So I don't know. It's like a year and a half. Year total. and a half. Yeah, that's pretty good, especially with Minnesota weather, you know? Yeah. And COVID in life. Yeah, and paying for it as you go. Yeah. I felt like being able to supplement that was pretty yeah. pretty cool. That's awesome. Because um, it was like, a, you know, a whole nother year of, of school, so yeah. to speak, right? right. Um, For out-of-state tuition. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, then I... I instructed for six months, so from January to June, July, and then I got hired over at Executive or How much Aviation time did Charter. You have there? Um, I got hired about six hundred hours. Okay. Um. So, what was their? I'm kind of curious what their training for you was like. Yeah, so it's all in house, and then so we do. I think it was like six days of ground school, so going over all the systems, HR. All that kind of stuff. And then we hopped in. We have one C90 and then, oh gosh, five 200s. Okay. Yeah. Sounds right. You could tell me that and I'd believe it. Oh, it's like there's yeah. Fox Fox. There's like Zulu Papa. I'm trying Papa to Zulu. Papa Zulu because it has the uh, one. Four nine Kilo Charlie, Golf Alpha, and Bravo Alpha. Yeah, five. I just 200s. know that Papa Zulu, mm-hmm. you could always hear. I'm guessing that's like your continuous ignition on the comms. You hear the. <laughs> The auto, it's the auto ignition. It's yeah. horrible. You yeah. like turn it off yeah. immediately. In the same way that the arrow has its <laughs> yeah with the with the, the, the light the or whatever. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. have their Papa's. I was like, oh, there's Papa's yeah. every mm-hmm. time. Yeah, but so then we so we would do our ground school and then we would do our first flight in the ninety, and then it kind of depends, kind of 
what planes are available on what day you fly because they're still using all the planes for our operation. Right. So you might get the 90, you might get a 200, you might get the B200 and you're like, speeds are different, power is different. I'm like, yeah. I don't even know what I'm looking at. Like, <laughs> And is it just you and an instructor pilot? Just yep. the two of you? So we have um, one of our captains is kind of our main um, training department. And then along with our chief pilot, Don, and does Gene Peterson do anything with with that? Yep. So he not really the training, um, but he's a captain there right now. Gotcha. So he's he part-time. did my multi. Yeah. He did my multi training. I really enjoy flying with him. He's great. Um, but then, so my class over at Executive in July had three females in it, which was really fun. So we we're all nice. FOs. Yeah. So that was like a pretty cool thing that they could say that they had all female class. Yeah. That's but awesome. We we started like all three of us going on the flights together and then you could like watch and kind of listen in. Yeah. Um, and then we'd kind of rotate. Those ended up being pretty long days. Yeah. Um, but like for me, it was the biggest plane I've ever flown. So I was like, I don't there's so many levers. Like it was like back to multi training when you only like get, you know, the certificate. You don't really like do anything beyond that. At least that's what I did, because I didn't go on and do my MEI. Yeah. Um so it was a very good experience, very challenging. And, you know, you go into the check ride with like 10 to 12 hours of King Air time and like a mix between the C90, the 200, the B200. And you're like, well, don't know how to use this autopilot, but here we go. Yeah. <laughs> so what's on your check ride? Yeah. What was the training? Like, were you doing maneuvers? Like, like, are you I'm guessing you full area? stalls in a King Air, are you? Or? Um, to buffer. Okay. You know, okay. I, yeah. Uh, so you're do, you're okay. So you're doing stalls and steep yep, turns. Stalls, and... steep turns, approaches. The cool. Litchfield VOR. Yeah. Oh, you guys, that's hard. <laughs> the I'm... circle to land at the VOR Alpha in a King Air, and you're like, oh, missed I'm, it. I'm sure. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> missed that one. Yeah. But um, so we do VOR Alpha at Litchfield, and you depends on the winds. Either you go to St. Paul or Anoka, but you're shooting approaches, and then you have to do. What's really cool now is that they're able to do the PIC check ride. So I can log the PIC time in the King Air because I'm commercial multi-engine. And they're able to do... So I have one approach that is fully single pilot. So like, you know, your examiner um, will just kind of not do anything. They won't run the checklist. They won't be pilot monitoring at all. So you do it Hmm. all. um, And that gives you the PIC checkout. So I can log the PIC on the 91 legs. That's cool. Um, which is really, really cool. So I can get PIC turbine time. Yeah. Just... And it's all legal. It's all part of our op specs, um, which is great. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, I guess it's a it's a normal check ride, like a couple approaches and a couple approaches. How much single engine stuff is on it. Mm, you have to do a single engine. Oh, you gotta pump the gear down too. That was tough. <laughs> <laughs> that is like a hundred pumps. I was gonna on wonder, I was gonna ask how many it is. I don't remember what it was on like the uh the seminal or something, but it was a lot. <laughs> I did all my multi on a uh on the uh, Comanche. So okay. you just had the elastic it just like and sprung it just over nice. the gear. Yeah. 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 It's a lot easier than just and on like, my check the ride, hand. Brian was just like Yeah. Where would you put this lever? I'd put it there. Okay, you know how to do it. <laughs> I know, me too. But it's in such like an awkward spot underneath the seat and you're like leaned over and it's like, if you didn't have autopilot, I don't know how you would like actually successfully put the gear down. Yeah. It'd take you forever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the uh, manual gear extension. Oh, when you pull on the, the, on the 737. Well, it's like the hardest part though is finding a way to get leverage. 
because it's like shoulder harness on. It's, it's like, like just behind, behind you. you on the left, but and there's there's three different levers, and when you pull pull it, it's like it's like five feet long. Yeah, it's, it's like it's so you're like sitting in a chair long. and you're like trying to pull this. Like, you gotta super you gotta kind of reach and turn somehow with your shoulder harness on. It's yeah. like oddly uncomfortable, yeah. and but then all of a sudden you pull them all out and you've got like three just like a bunch of yeah string with a handle on the end of it oh super gosh. long like hanging and then you're sitting deck. there and it's like and there's like there's that thing in the qrh it's like a 15 second delay yeah it's like wait 15 seconds you're saying like please tell me i did this right please yeah, <laughs> tell me yeah. This, right? this is yeah it's putting the gear down manually is never an easy thing apparently in no, any of these airplanes in any of them i don't yeah. i feel like that should be an easier thing you comanche it was very easy. Oh, there you go. Yeah, never <laughs> so there is Comanche. one plane out there. <laughs> <laughs> there is one plane out there where they made it easy. But I mean, it, it was, like I said, it was the biggest plane I've flown. So it was definitely my first big training event. So I was, you know, studying a lot, stressed. and But the great thing is, is with their training being in-house, they really want you to succeed and pass. And so any questions you had, they, you know, they'd answer them and then if you needed to go redo something, like your steep turn wasn't good, it'd just be like, "Hey, can I redo that?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, no problem." That's cool. So it it was a very very um, successful learning environment for pilots coming in with low time and low experience. That's good. So they kind of like to historically they've hired quite a few of low time FOs for that exact reason. Someone who wants to be there, they want to build time, they're excited to learn, and we get to learn from all these, you know retired airline people or military people. They've got a lot of experience. Yeah. So it's it's been absolutely amazing and I feel so lucky to have that experience and with just a short amount of hours. Yeah. So I've been there for like seven months now on the line and I have about 300 hours in the King Air. Sure. And do you like it? How do you like? Yeah, can you tell us kind of what the what the the operations like, what kind of flying you're doing? Yeah. So we do about 80, 85% um, medical flying for a nonprofit organ procurement company called Life Source. And their low their region is kind of like this upper Midwest region that we cover. So um we're take you know taking doctors and coordinators from basically wherever they're based or their home is to cases around the the region that they cover to go harvest um a, a full recovery from someone who's been on life support and then they'll be transplanted to someone who needs it, which Hmm. is super, super cool to be a part of. That's like pretty rewarding. Super rewarding. So we don't do like full medevac flying. Like we're not taking people, but we're taking like, we'll go down to Rochester and pick up doctors from Mayo. They'll go pick up, you know, a liver, lungs, heart, kidneys, tissue teams to go harvest like a case maybe in Rapid City, for example. Yeah. And then we'll bring them back to Rochester. Someone at Mayo may, you know, the... They may go everywhere, which is super cool. I mean, once you get past the morbid part of yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it's tough, but, but it, it's it's a very cool operation to be a part of. I um, assume it's um, like how are the nature of the schedules? Because I assume it's very like it's hard to plan. short notice. Yeah, you know? extremely short notice, and things cancel and things pop up at any time. Um, but we do have an eight on six off schedule, so. Okay. Um, on call for eight days and then and is it so it's always on call when yep. you're on and is it like 24 hour call yep okay yeah <laughs> you don't it's not like nine to nine or anything sure. yeah, yeah um but it 
I guess you get used to it, I yeah. guess. Um definitely takes takes Do you get any have you gotten years. any calls like an hour after you go to bed? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah that's gonna tough. Yeah. Or it's like you're just about to hop in bed and you're like, Hey, I got a ten PM departure for you. You're like oh. <laughs> What time do I get home? Mm, ten AM. Yeah. Oh, that's okay. gotta be tough. Yeah. I'll be there as soon as How I can. How much time is spent like sitting, waiting for them to do the the it's called like procedure. an OR, organ recovery, gotcha. um, for example. You don't but, want to call it a harvesting. I yeah, just well, it a little it kind of is. Yeah. Um, it depends. Some of the organs take a little bit longer. Like the heart is usually the fastest. It can't survive as long without a body right. or like a machine pumping it. Um, so that's usually like three to four hours on the ground. Um, but like lungs, kidneys, pancreas, maybe anywhere from four to six hours. Okay. And then the tissue teams are probably about six hours because they're taking eyes and skin and so yeah. you just like nap in the plane or what do you what do you FBOs. do yeah, yeah. Just you go take nap a nap in FBO yeah and then someone wakes up wakes you go okay muffins the, the at the fargo jet the yeah so good <laughs> here. did that this morning um yeah we usually ask for like a 20 minute heads up gotcha. because a lot of times it's three in the morning and right we're not just going to be like staring at the wall waiting for them to come back yeah and they understand that and they're usually really good about communicating with nice. us like sometimes like when it's we got 10 inches of snow in fargo and airplanes in a hangar we need to kind of know and we'll, we can try to depart from the hangar but if you know we need to know if we're going to be able to leave or not like right. maybe the fbo is not 24 hours so a lot goes into like that kind of planning yeah how do you ever do any other kind of charter? Like some family wants to go hunting or? Exactly. So the other, I'd say 15 to 20% of our flight is charter based. So people within the Minneapolis area want to go to their cabins in Michigan or they want to go hunting in fun. South Dakota. Super fun. Yeah. And we get to wear, you know, our whites. So it's been really fun to, you know, have my epaulets, like kind of yeah. like your first like big girl job, like flying. So it's really cool. Um, but yeah, the charters are really fun. We take, you know, business people to meetings like um, around the Dakotas and the King Airs don't really go past Colorado-ish. I mean. Okay. Yeah. What yeah. do they use the uh, the beach jets for? They'll do they ever do, go everywhere. Do they ever do um, like the Oregon stuff with the beach jets? Mm -hmm. or So what would define when you, what what is their kind of litmus for when the beach jet gets used versus the King Air? That is a great question. It kind of depends. Um, like if there's a case out in like Arizona or something, they'll use the beach jet because they go further, faster, right? farther. So, um, they'll use the beach jet for something like that because LifeSource will work with other medical companies, um, and they'll kind of pick up cases kind of all over. Um, so that's kind of cool. Or like sometimes if a heart needs, you know, rapid recovery or something, they'll use the beach jet. Most of the time, the hearts are in the beach jet because they go faster. Sure. Um, but the kingers are great for like the other medical parts of it, like because we're just kind of within the region, like the Dakotas, Iowa, Illinois, Wisconsin, a um, little bit of Indiana, Kansas area. Okay. Because um, we that range is like perfect for a king air. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the charters are really fun. Um, something I haven't mentioned yet, which is kind of huge, but my well, dad, then let's hear it. I know it's kind of fun. <laughs> um, so my dad retired from Delta and he now flies King Airs at ACI with me yeah, that's, and it is cool. so much fun. Yeah. So there's no family tension. Like, like I cannot <laughs> imagine flying with my father 
You know, right. you miss something. It's like, and you missed that question on the history test in seventh grade, <laughs> and you missed it on the algebra test in eighth grade, and and you missed the checklist item here at the Kinger. You know, <laughs> it's definitely been a learning experience to fly in a professional environment with him. Yeah, you know, you gotta it's you gotta keep your composure. You can't like yell at each other up there, otherwise your passengers gonna be like. Everything okay? <laughs> the pilots are yelling at each other. <laughs> That's <laughs> Never a good look. not a good sign. <laughs> yeah. um, so in the beginning, we definitely had to figure out how, you know, it's going to work. Um, he comes from a military airline background, and I come from the general aviation background. So we learned a lot from each other. Like, he didn't know how to use flight, And, you know, so I got yeah. to teach him how to use that. He's like, what's a TFR? I'm like, oh, dad. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't go through those in general aviation. He's like, well, I could go through it in the airline world. It doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, well, you're not there anymore. So it's kind of like, you know teach him like you would a student because he doesn't have that experience. So I yeah. was able to teach him a lot and he was a, he's able to show me a lot that he's been through. So all is the weather anything, flying and everything. Is there anything worse than getting like debriefed on something you did but like <laughs> by your father? Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty hard to take that constructive criticism. Or just like slam the king air down and then you go have dinner and your mom's there. How was the flight, honey? <laughs> Well, <laughs> yeah, your daughter smashed it onto the <laughs> runway. <laughs> we, it, it's fun. We have like little landing competitions and yeah, stuff, and yeah. um, so he he's been a great teacher, and he it's it's kind of hard to describe how cool the experience is to fly with a family member. I'm sure. Um, and it, I'm just trying to really enjoy it because I know like two, three, four. Five years from now, 20 years from now in my career, it's going to be like my favorite part of flying is going to be with my dad Yeah. when I was flying King Airs. So I'm just, and it's weird to be like there right now. Right. So I'm really trying to enjoy it and take it in and ask him as many questions as I can because there's a different level of comfortability there because I can be like, oh, I don't know something and not feel like, like I should know it, Yeah. you know, because, you know, you always want to feel like you know what you're doing, but we don't. Yeah. So it's, you know. <laughs> hate to admit how often one feels as though they don't know what they're <laughs> yeah. flying. Yeah, so it's it's been um so much fun to fly with him and but yeah, we flew together this morning and he gave me some constructive criticism. <laughs> I'm like, what'd you do wrong? Uh, Configure too early? Well, Configure too late? I thought I had a really good landing and he goes, "You know what? You should really not compliment your own landing until you're off the runway." Because oh, I got so yeah. excited. I was like, that was really good. He's like, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> you know, you just get really small. I'm like, okay, sorry. Sterile cockpit. Yeah. Like, I know, I know. But you just get so excited. And again, like, I shot avoid, you down. Yeah. I ruined your moment. Put, put me in my place. I wouldn't do if I were you. I would avoid complimenting your own landing on the runway at the airlines, too. I would, I would, <laughs> yeah. I would so take that advice with you for the rest of it the was, It was definitely good advice. But, you know, it's never easy to be like, yeah, you're right, Dad. I know. Yeah. I'm sorry. But again, I'm, I'm comfortable with him, which, right. you know. I gotta. It's, you have to. It's got to be <laughs> tough to have that line. Yeah, that'd be, you know, that'd be really uncomfortable at times. Yeah. So, like, what is the king air like to fly when you're out there in the in like a blizzard in, you know, North Dakota? Does it does it handle it well? Does it have icing problems? Like, what are some of your observations with it? Um. Well, I think it handles. Oh, I'd say it, it, the bumps. It, you can feel a lot of them. 
but it handles like weather and wind really, really well. It's yeah. kind of a beast. Like I, lo- I love flying it and I'm comfortable in it. Like wind, crosswinds, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. So the max up at our company, max crosswind is 25 knots. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you could never, I could never see myself doing that like in a 172 or anything, but like in the King Air, I'm like working it and it like, it's so fun. I got this. Yeah. <laughs> so that. it's like, and you know, you can kind of make the plane do what you want. That's and, cool. Um, I think it handles really well. I'd say at ACI specifically, each airplane has its own quirks and characteristics and so you kind of got to. That also doesn't. That yeah. also it doesn't change no yeah. matter where you go. So you gotta have <laughs> to. And you'll be surprised. Like there'll be like you'll fly like 30, 40 different jets, and you'll know. Oh, it's this. One. Like back to this. One. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so you kind of have to baby them, and each one has you know, some of them, you know, when they capture altitude, some are low, some are high. So you kind of gotta figure each airplane out. But I think they actually handle really well in the weather. Um, the boots are great. The de-ice boots are awesome. It's yeah, like so really cool to I've have. I've never had boots. Yeah. Like this much, like two inches of ice and you're like. It just sheds it off. Boots and, like, and it just explodes. And yeah. it's like, that's so cool. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. The part that scares me every time that I don't think I'll ever get used to is when it comes off the props. Oh, and you just. Because it hits it. the yeah. fuselage. Yeah. And you're like, oh my gosh, what was that? And it's yeah. like a huge thud. Yeah. But. Um, sure, the passengers love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they love it. Everybody just it, pay attention. It handles really well, um, especially in winter flying up up here. I mean, I'm sure the beach jets are better, but yeah. I don't fly the beach jets. So <laughs> I was going to ask, what does the future at Executive look like for, like for you, if you wanted to become a captain mm-hmm. or get into the beach jet mm-hmm. what does that look like timeline like is that something you want to do what are you thinking about sure great question um so to be a captain at executive or aviation charter uh you have to have your atp okay so i don't have an atp yet so i can't do that quite yet um but if i did want to upgrade say i got my atp um they, they ask for a year in return do they pay for your ATP? They do. Okay. Which is great. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and then they haven't had any classes for um, SICs on the beach jet since I've been there. Okay. Um, but they would type you, again, ask for a year based just off of training costs. Right. That makes sense. I hopefully won't be there for that long. <laughs> yeah. Um, but hopefully I can you know finish up getting my hours and then I do hope to go to the airline. So starting to maybe think about applying now it's so crazy what do you have right for time, now you said? um i'm over a thousand so okay. like yeah you're getting close i'm not at 1100 yet but somewhere yeah. in the middle <laughs> nice um but yeah so i'm i'm excited to start that process of applying and it's changing so fast right yeah. now with the airlines that it's really hard to know what to do where to go when to apply who to ask i don't think it can hurt to get your application out early yeah, right. just, like, mm-hmm. I would just apply and see. It's kind of a weird market right now. It is. Mm-hmm. It's, your multi-time will make you very competitive. Yeah, I was going to say, you're, you're, yeah, yeah, because that's it's, be huge. it's like a, there's a pilot shortage, but it's like a qualified pilot shortage right now. There's a lot of people with 1,500 hours in a 172, mm-hmm. but there's not a lot of people with 500 to 1,000 hours, 121 and an right. ATP. And right. that's what right. the airlines are short on right now. So now if they, you know, with you with having all that, Multi-time. Multi-time and obviously some of the PIC mm-hmm. turbine time too. Just be it's very like, 
you'll it'll set you apart when yeah, they're when recruiters are looking through like Hopefully. who do we choose for the next class it's like <laughs> yeah. if they all applied at the same time it's like well she seems really qualified and there'll be some like, there'll be Hopefully. assumption that you'll get through training easier as a result of the speed of which you're flying yeah it's going to be very uh, a helpful transition a crew environment and obviously yeah. a crew environment yeah. that's like a big thing you know you could almost take a shot at some low cost carriers straight yeah. out the bat. Mm-hmm. You might I you would probably need an ATP written, but right. you could even without it they'd maybe give you a look with some PIC turbine. I just don't know <laughs> if they I don't yeah, I don't know if they pay for ATPs these days. Some will, some won't. I know. I guess I guess stories, some have it's, to. It's not worth it's not like the applications all that hard cuz you just go on airline apps and add an, a, one of the right. addendums mm-hmm. and then yeah. you're good so right. yeah I, if you haven't started airline apps yet have you started start, i have okay good yeah, yeah it's a pain well it's, it's like so complicated i'm yeah. like i moved every year when i went to and school it's tough. and they I want all of it and then i yeah. moved back to school and then i moved home and i went to like it's they want landlords names and phone numbers and it's and like all. the it's last like, 10 oh years God. i'm like i don't even yeah. know what i ate for lunch like yep. geez yeah <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm back in high school 10 years ago. I'm like, what did I, I don't know what I did in high school. You like, know, I think I like, lived at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's definitely an interesting process, but it, I will say it is nice. Once you get it done, like you said, the application is easy because you just fill out the addendums and it's like, right. here you go. Take my money. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I would give a low cost carrier a shot. Yeah. Definitely something to look into. I'm trying to research and ask people kind of what they suggest. You know, kind of because they're in the industry right now. So you two are great resources for that too. So thank you. Yeah, we can and we can talk more about that too. But I don't know. Yeah, I think it's. I think having the King Air time would be very helpful for you since you know so much already. Like you've seen a faster airplane, mm-hmm. you've seen a crew environment, like we were talking about. Like that's a huge that's why leg the low up. Cost yeah. carriers might take a chance on you exactly because of that. Whereas because like, their big fear is training failures. Because right. really? it's hard to go from what it's very it's difficult very to go single engine to mm-hmm. 737. Even oh, if gosh, you have yeah. like time in a seminal or you were doing an MEI, it's it's still not the same as doing what you're getting real life experience mm-hmm. with de-icing and right weather yeah, ops, 3 a.m. wake up calls, right? Like all of this, mm-hmm. you're getting legit, a legit yeah, <laughs> stuff, right? Practice. And so they'd feel much more confident in your ability to pass than a... It's, 172 right and it's a really times. big transition you know but for the right person mm-hmm. it's not the regionals not do a really good job of mm-hmm. turning you into an airline pilot right because the regionals yeah. know no, they that, have to turn you into right one to begin if they with. want you to if they right. if you want to work there or if they want you to work for them they have to make sure you're successful through training because they rely on people <laughs> coming out of 1500 hours right but yeah it's cost. actually it's wild i was um i was talking to someone and he was uh he's an apd for a low cost carrier in Minneapolis and he was saying that like he does a lot like he does like your final check ride on the plane and he was saying that like he had two guys come in one had 1300 hours CFI and one had 1300 hours and they'd done one OE trip at Endeavor and that guy was like miles ahead yeah of the of a just having of equivalent already gone time, through only having done one trip yeah it was like an easy pass and a tough struggle yeah so yeah sure but it's exciting yeah i remember going i mean i remember when we were in that phase it's like 
and it wasn't too long ago, right? Like, and it's just so fun. Although it's I wasn't so... doing it from the comfort of a king air. No, me either. You know, one fifty-two, but we were watching. We're on a we were watching you guys from across <laughs> the way. Yes, <laughs> but let's fun. let's hear a little bit about some of your trips that you've done in the GA world outside of oh, yeah. the king air. Because like yeah. I know you just did one the other day from mm-hmm. Florida. Yep. That is probably one of my favorite trips I've done so far. Yeah. Um, I had the opportunity to go pick up an airplane down in Florida near Orlando. Is that for like a, f- a friend? A f- yep. Oh, that's super cool. Yep. So a friend of a friend, they're like, hey, can you go pick up my 182? I'm like, yes. It's that's... so nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the nicest GA airplane. Yeah. They're like, awesome. It's got a better autopilot than our King Airs. Like, yeah. It's great. 182s are great. Um, so I, I took Morgan, my boyfriend, with me, and he's working on his instrument now. So it was great for him to see like cross country experience. Yeah. And our earlier conversation about airspace, it was like, this place is crazy. Where did you fly out of? Um, my gosh. Or like roughly? Merritt Beach. Yeah. Like Merritt Island. Merritt yeah. Island. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. And kind of just went kind of north up the freeway and picked up VFR flight following because we were told if you do IFR, you're never going to get out of the airspace. (laughs) Um, I guess it's just crazy. (laughs) So flew down there and then picked up the airplane and then made it all the way to Nashville for the night. Spent the night, you know, walking through Broadway and listening to country music, which was super fun, and then made our way back up north. Unfortunately, got kind of caught in a little storm coming back through Iowa. So we spent the night in Waterloo. Oh, Waterloo. Picked up a little bit more icing than I would have hoped. You know, flying King Airs, I have boots that are like, sweet. Yeah. Get rid of this ice. But you have nothing really besides pedo heat. Yep. So I was like, okay, we're we're done. So I made a big old 180 and basically- Took decision. <laughs> took an approach all the way into pretty much minimums into Waterloo and nice. very compacted snowy runway. And it's good training for Morgan. It was very good training for Morgan. <laughs> he was like, uh, I can't see the ground. I go, Yeah, we have to pick up a pop up by a far. Like, here's how we do it. That's cool though. <laughs> so that's, it was that's the type of stuff I wish I would have done. Yeah, great for him to see and great experience just for me, because you know, it's pretty flat up here, obviously. Yeah. Like we don't have a lot of terrain anything so it was really cool to be able to take a plane cross country like that um and very good decision to spend the night in waterloo it was definitely nice to be on the ground and i know we've all kind of had you know the days that you wish you were on the ground because it's so bumpy or anything so it was it was definitely a good decision um doing that but we had a ton of fun it took us like I think like 13 hours of flight time total. Nice. Yeah. I mean, the battling the headwind all the way home. Yeah. It was great hour building. Yeah. So it was, it was, that's when you, that's fun. when you appreciate the <laughs> headwind from Florida. <laughs> yeah. I have dreaded the headwind from Florida many of times. I, I, have to admire, I have to admire your ability to do that because I never wanted to do any of those trips because like every, so cool. every ASA safety video mm-hmm. that like breaks down a crash. Yeah. It's always some dude stretching out a 182 mm-hmm. or like his sure. Seneca, like farther than one normally flies one of those yeah. planes. Mm-hmm. Like I had a student when he took his Seneca, he moved to Florida and he flew his Seneca yeah. on like a, a Q airway through the Gulf of Mexico, basically used for like American Airlines flights going from Dallas, <laughs> Dallas to, to St. Martin. Yeah. <laughs> what? He's out there in his Seneca. Yeah. <laughs> 
some people are. Oh, man. But I, I think those would be fun maybe in like the Southwest, but yeah. up the center of the country where the weather is right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is, that can get pretty dicey. Yeah. Especially in the winter. Yeah. Especially evidenced, this time as <laughs> evidenced by your icing that you picked up. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. definitely good experience. And, you know, someone who's, you know, I don't even know. I had maybe 800, 900 hours at the time or something. And yeah. Morgan, who's, you know, around 100 hours, I'm like, I'm supposed to be the one knowing what I'm doing here. And I'm taking him into icing conditions. And I'm like, okay. We got to get out of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what we had planned. So, um, and, you know, my comfortability in the single engines is obviously not like it was when I was full-time <laughs> instructing. So right. I was like, even more so, I'm like, all right, we're not doing this yeah, anymore. And that's a good um, a good call. So that was a super fun trip, um, and especially for us to do together too. Yeah, like a very very fun environment, and not a lot of couples can say they can go fly an airplane across the country like that together. Yeah. So very very special that we can share that experience together. Um, but yeah, another one that I really enjoyed was um, a couple girls and I. We took a plane from Minnesota down to Austin, Texas. Oh, nice. And spent the weekend with my brother. So he was living down there at the time. He showed us around Austin, Texas. We got to see some of the really fun, like, quirky bars and all that kind of scene. And um, again, another great experience building flight time across the country (laughs) Um, and then back home. So it was like very good hour building and also good experience for cross-country piloting. So it was like... um, you know, actually being able to plan across country, like, you know, you do your nav logs as a private pilot and you're like, when am I ever going to use this? Yeah. Now, ForeFlight does it for you, but it's still very good. You have to think of like, legit. Did you actually experience. make a paper nav? No, yeah. <laughs> absolutely well, It's not. like you have to think of legit fuel stops yeah. and like you actually have to look at weather like further than 50 mm-hmm. miles from your home exactly. airport and, and all this stuff. Like it's, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's fun. So it was definitely, you know, those trips were something I never thought I would ever do. Yeah. And especially in a single engine. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm like, I have two engines and I love my two engines. <laughs> like, I know. I don't have much desire to go back to single engine stuff. Took Matt yeah. to Oshkosh this year. Yeah, we and went. I yeah, Matt land because. <laughs> At Oshkosh? Well, yes, because I was current <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like I'm watching him. We'll see what happens. And uh, we're both <laughs> like, he's an airline in, pilot. He'll, he'll be all right. Like, if he had 1,500 hours like, yeah, in this like, airplane. Yeah, and like 30 feet. Matt just starts rounding oh, was, out and flaring. Yeah, oh, way like, too oh, this high. looks good. I'm just oh, saying, like, this looks right. So this is this looks good. And it, then our passenger in the back is like, "Hey guys, what are you doing?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, "Matt, push that." <laughs> it's, it's yeah. That's, like, that's every, so it funny. was funny how like everything was else was comfortable. Takeoff was fine. Cruise was fine. Approach was fine. Literally, like you know, a nice short base to final. Everything was. A okay. It's just that then, side picture. You thirty feet, so and it all went to hell. To figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. Did it you was... hit your dot? Oh uh, God, we hit we uh, hit the ground so yeah, hard. Yeah, I think we were just past the dot. Stalled onto the dot. We might have stalled <laughs> onto the dot. <laughs> I was so focused on not smashing like the airplane into the runway <laughs> that I kind of forgot where the dot was. Yeah, <laughs> at, that, yeah at that point it became like preserve the aircraft. <laughs> Humbling experience. Yeah. Sounds. It was. It was so funny. But <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. I think that was the first time I met you guys, right at yeah. Oshkosh. I think so. It's a good time. Yeah, we got to see the United Triple Seven come in and do all mm-hmm. that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were there for a pretty good day in my mind. Yeah, 
That was your first time? At second Osh- time. Oh, yeah, second time. You went the year before. I went the year before. I just didn't. Oshkosh is fun. It is very fun. Are you going again this year? I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. I really too. want to see the night air show. I've gone three have you times ever seen it? and I have never I've seen never it. I've never seen yeah. the night air show and I would I actually it's, really want to go for it. There's no way Matt will go with me, but like I really want to go for the night air show. Me too. The, the thing it the thing is about it is there's a couple things. I mean, one, the cool part is flying into Oshkosh, right? Yeah, once you've flown in, it's like and okay. And the thing is you can't <laughs> you can't fly in and leave after the night air show. Right. So, but then they don't let you, the minimum camping it's is three, three nights. Yeah. Oh, really? Or three days. So you're really committed so, to being there. Or you then have to fly to like Appleton or yeah, something else and then, and then take the, the shuttles that sure. they have over. But then, like I said, that goes back to the, you're not flying into Oshkosh, which is like the fun part of the it. The whole part. So it's like, it's really in. inconvenient do the night air show if you're just trying to go for a day right um like i grew up only like an hour and 15 minutes away from there so like it was easy we would drive over in the morning stay in all you know late morning all afternoon mm-hmm. do the night air show and then drive home nice like, i did the appleton stand up once the night at the night air show oh really we didn't see hmm. anything but we were yeah. both like Come the on. night air show is <laughs> awesome it's i've like, heard it's so cool because but, it's like, one, one year thing it was to canceled, s- and I'm like, oh my gosh! Yeah, now it's on Friday or whatever, and I'm not going to be here anymore. <laughs> yeah, it, it's just yeah, the timing is tough. But shall we jump into some trivia, okay, so or do you have trivia, one more question? No, I've got no more questions. I've just got. Do you have anything else you want to share with us? Uh, Any insight for people looking to get into aviation as a CFI? What is your oh, advice? Yeah. What do you tell people when I'm, people come to talk to you about becoming take a, a discovery pilot? flight? Do it. It might be for you, it might not be, but yeah. you really just don't know because anybody can do what we do and it's, it's you know, you kind of definitely have to be dedicated. Once you decide you want to do something like this, it's it's a very long journey. You know, once I hit 700 hours, I was like, <laughs> are we there yet? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, it, it could change your life. Like it changed mine and I yeah. can't wait to see where it takes me. So, I mean, especially people are looking for like a career change. You it just is a don't, good career change. Yeah, you just don't really know. I would advise. All three of us <laughs> are career changes yeah. to pilots, so none of us went to school for it. But yeah, I'm I'm also, you know, if anybody, I'm here for questions too. Like if people have questions, like. Yeah, plug your social media. Well, plug yeah. your social media, yeah. Fly loco, like I'm, I'm out there. I'm, I want to go build some flight time. People want to fly or, you know, I'm here for questions too. So it's a big community here, so which or is golf. really cool. Or golf. I love Fly to golf. Have you flown to Voyager? So much fun. <laughs> That's a really cool place. They got the the restaurant on the field too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll have to do that and get like Morgan and does he golf? Yeah, I know, he does. Okay. Because then like Luke in too. Like yeah. we should all go. <laughs> yep. That would be super fun. That'd be a great trip. Yeah. I would I love to do that. played with Luke in a little earlier. Last yeah, last year. summer you I did. played with him. Yeah. We had him on. Yeah. Oh, good. But then our but episode got deleted it, because yeah. it didn't record. So we have to actually get so we actually in. have to get Lucan back on. But okay, yeah. so the trivia today, since you fly a Beechcraft. Oh, no, please don't make fun of me. It is Beechcraft trivia. So we're going to oh, give geez. you the model number and you're going to tell us the name of the plane. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> and the thing is, so it's like the, the model, trivia is like. Nobody gets it. No, the trivia is meant to be tough. It's just oh, kind good. of fun. So. <laughs> We'll start with the first one. Take it easy on me. <laughs> M36. So model 36 is like how yeah. Beach refers to it. No this idea. This is all on Wikipedia. No idea. 
the Bonanza. Oh. Yeah. What's a Model 50? <laughs> Just start throwing out. Yeah, the names you know. Baron? Yeah, there it is go. a Baron. Baron. One, one and one. Okay, I could have got the Bonanza one. I have Bonanza time. Oh, yeah. Dang it. It's all right. How about uh, the M60? similar-ish to Baron. Tons of maintenance problems, though. (laughs) This is a maintenance... Think about your time in Scotland. That doesn't help. You were thinking about uh, princesses... (laughs) This is a really big stretch. It's a duke. duke. (laughs) Oh. All right. That was a good try. I tried. Yeah. A Model 77. This one's not very common. This is not a common one. I've seen one at Flying Cloud. No idea. It's a skipper. Oh. I didn't know that. Have you ever seen the skippers? They're, no. they're interesting. Mm-mm. There used to be one down at Air Lake, I think. I, th- I know someone gives Duel and one around here because yeah. I see them. Yeah, I don't remember where. Um, next one, M80. Similar to... Similar to what you fly? Also, think about hmm. Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> if you look at Beach, though, like all of their stuff is basically... That's why it's all royalty names. Right. Like if you yep. look at their logo and whatnot. Which makes sense, Baron, Duke. What's another one that... <laughs> How can we get to this one? <laughs> I don't know. Queen Air? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, if you get this wrong. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so no next pressure. Two, these next two are like M300. A Model 300. To like a new one? What is a Beechcraft 300? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a King Air. An M300. A model, yeah, the Beechcraft 300. So your King Airs are, there's the King Air 200, uh-huh. there's like a King Air 250, the King Air 300, the King Air 350, 360 is the most recent one. So they just call them all M360s. Well, not M, but like, so if you go on Beechcraft, it's oh, like 300. their actual, it's like model <laughs> this. Yes. Again, Drew makes the uh, trivia. Go on yeah, to this the, is the just Beechcraft me. Wikipedia page and it has every <laughs> model of every Beechcraft listed. Go do it. There's a ton of them. Beechcraft. Go down there, scroll. Products list of Beechcraft models. Did I get one of them? One, one out of that. Oh, oh yeah, look at that! Yeah, yeah, I'm right. Oh, look at that! Oh, yeah. All right. Um, model four hundred. It's the last one. Beach jet. Yeah, beach it's the jet. beach jet. <laughs> yeah. That one I could get. Not the one I fly. <laughs> <laughs> Not well. Technically, they're super old. Three, do you have two hundreds and two fifties over there? We have two hundreds and a B two hundred. So technically, I don't fly the 300s, right? I don't think that people are going to give you the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> it's the name King Air. That's pretty embarrassing, isn't it? It's, it's all right. It's they okay. might make you go to recurrent a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Understandable. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> 
This was another episode of Living in Flight. If you liked this episode, please make sure to subscribe for more exclusive aviation content. Have any topic ideas or want to be featured on our podcast? Send us a message at listen at livinginflight.com. Thank you for joining us. And until next time, this is Living in Flight.